this week on Mouse Flicks, Marvel's under Disney, will we ever see 2D movies again? And friends and I talk taking your kids to the movies. So silence your cell phones and settle in. You're listening to episode six of the Mouse Flicks podcast. Mouse Flicks is a fan-produced podcast dedicated to Disney film and entertainment. Lend us your ears for news, reviews, and commentary on the film House of Mouse. Mouse Flicks is not affiliated in any way with the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney Pictures, Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, or their partners and subsidiaries. All opinions expressed via Mouseflix Media are solely those of the podcasters and do not represent the views of any other individual or entity. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello. Welcome to Mouseflix. I'm Kristen DiBiase. So, how have you been? I enjoyed the holiday and I dragged out the rest of Labor Day as long as I possibly could, but now it's back to work. But first, some very cool news. Last week, I became an official ambassador for The Skim because I can't stop telling people about it. So what exactly is The Skim? It's a quick way to get in the know about what's happening in the world around you without boring you to tears. It shows up in your inbox around 6 a.m. every day and literally takes less than five minutes to read. While everyone else is reading the news, you'll be skimming it. Be smarter, faster. It's free and it's fun, and I'm not the only one who's reading it. Oprah, Vanity Fair, Forbes, and tons of other people are talking about it. You're wondering what I'm getting paid to tell you about this, I'm sure, and that's nothing. I don't make a dime. I just really like it and think you will, too. Want to know more? Mosey on over to the show notes and then sign up if it seems cool. Tell them that I, your friendly neighborhood's ambassador, sent you. So, let's talk Mickey and the movies. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. It's time for News Nibbles. Mmm, so much yum. You know that kid in class with the tiger parents who are mad that she got an A and didn't get an A+. Well, that kid is Marvel and it just caused its ferocious mom and dad to get a divorce. Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige is very upset with Avengers Age of Ultron. The installment only got a 74% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, compared to the original Avengers getting 92%. For shame. We all know that's a silly excuse, but it worked. Age of Ultron's disappointing results gave Feige just the ammo he needed to take control and give a pain in his butt the boot. After years of financial and creative clashes with Feige, CEO of Marvel, Isaac Perlmutter, and his micromanaging creative committee were reorganized all the way out of the filmmaking arm of the company, leaving Feige fully in charge of his baby, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and reporting directly to Disney's Alan Horn. Disney execs say the move is simply for the purposes of restructuring Marvel's reporting lines so they're similar to how they're set up at Pixar and Lucasfilm. But sources behind the scenes say that things had gotten so contentious between Feige and Perlmutter that Feige was steps away from leaving it all behind. Regardless, Ike and friends aren't completely out of the picture. They'll still be involved in Marvel's rapidly growing TV division. 
Keep an eye on things to see what, if any, impact this will have on continuity and quality across the film and TV segments of the brand. Well, Kermit the Frog sure didn't waste any time. Slightly over a month out of his decades-long relationship with Miss Piggy, he's been seeing a new bovine beauty named Denise, who apparently works in marketing for ABC. After the Twitterverse started speculating, Kermit issued a clarification stating that while he is dating, he does not have a girlfriend and that he and Denise are just close friends. But Piggy doesn't seem to be letting any moss grow either. She was recently seen out with Liam Hemsworth, and Castle star Nathan Fillion was recently caught sneaking out of her trailer on the set of her new late-night show. If this is tit-for-tat, ball's back in your court, KTF. Man, everybody's breaking up right now. Disney and Steven Spielberg's DreamWorks won't be renewing their distribution deal when it expires next August. DreamWorks inked the deal in 2009 for its films to be distributed and partly funded by the House of Mouse. But as Disney became more focused on its other acquisitions, Pixar, Marvel, and Lucasfilm, it looks like Spielberg wasn't feeling the love. They'll be together for one last hurrah under the deal as they work on the film adaptation of children's author Roald Dahl's book, The BFG. After that, industry analysts are speculating that Spielberg will take DreamWorks back to Universal, where he made some of his best films. Mickey's favorite four-legged friend turned 85 on Saturday. Pluto the Pup first came on the scene on September 5, 1930, and was named after the planet formerly known as not a planet formerly known as a planet, which was discovered that same year. What do Mickey, Spider-Man, and Boobs have in common? The NYPD wants them all out of Times Square. The tourist area is notorious for costume characters, street performers, and topless ladies roaming freely, and lately, they've been causing problems. A ne'er-do-well Cookie Monster and Woody from Toy Story were caught groping people, and two different Spider-Men were busted, one for being an aggressive hustler and the other for getting into a street brawl. New York City's police commissioner says Disney should sue any panhandler who dresses up like a Disney or Marvel character. Disney's response? Nah. Disney spokesperson Zanaya Mucha says Disney has been trying to get legislation passed that would stop the practice, but the proposal has been going nowhere fast for a while. In the meantime, filing lawsuits to go after infringers individually is a colossal money suck, and Disney's probably not interested in spending its own money to do the NYPD's job for them. Start spreading the news. Unless the cops do it themselves, topless Cinderella isn't going to disappear at midnight. And that, friends, is that. Here's a question I got from Rachel in Garland, Texas. Do you think Disney will ever make a 2D animated movie again? I'll say yes and no. I think that CGI, computer-generated imagery, is going to continue to be around from this point forward until a newer, better method is developed, and that'll be the standard. Traditional 2D animation is never going to be a mainstream method again. When you look at the mechanics, traditional animation just takes so much longer than computer-generated animation does. Every single frame is being drawn out by hand, mistakes get either erased by hand or just thrown out completely and then have to be redrawn. They're so much harder to fix. With computer animation, it's quicker to create each frame and then it's easier to erase the mistakes and just start over. It took three years to complete Snow White. 
Ironically, today it still takes about three years to make some CGI films, but the difference is that today they're spending the extra time on perfectionism. But I've said a whole bunch of no up until this point, and I still haven't really said anything about the yes. So the yes is this. I think that as CGI continues on, there will be a renaissance of 2D after one film, whatever that film might be, is done old school in 2D. I feel like it'll be a love letter of some sort or some type of retrospective, and then 2D will come back into vogue. What's old becomes new. Send me your burning questions and comments, and you could be featured on the show. And now, our feature presentation. Over the holiday weekend, I got to catch up with two of my friends, Angie and Michelle, and we chatted about kids at the movies. Take a listen. I am here live in the ladies' garden for a ladies' chat with two of my good friends, Angie and Michelle. I'm Michelle, and we are in my garden. Kristen invited me onto this podcast. I'm very excited to be here. And my name is Angie, and I'm excited to be here, too. And we're going to be talking about kids and movies. So what was the first Disney movie you remember seeing, Angie? The first Disney movie I can recall um, seeing as a child was The Muppets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which one? Was it the original one? Did Animal Come Through the Roof? It was the original. It's the original. Oh, 1979, yeah. I believe. Oh, I was, I was about three, uh -huh. four when I, when I saw it mm -hmm. for the first time. And I just loved Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. Mm -hmm. My parents had to go out and buy me a little Miss Piggy doll because I just had to have it. The first movie I saw in the theater, too, it's, it was Sesame Street. <laughs> it wasn't even Disney. There was a movie called Follow That Bird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah right? I love that movie. It was Big Bird gets kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Right. Yes, with the dodos. Yes. And he's at his, oh, I love that movie. He gets kidnapped, okay? And they take him and go to this creepy carnival where they dye him blue. And they put him in a cage and they make him sing the Blue Bird song. Yep, they it's, sure did. It's very stressful for everyone on the street. The first Disney movie that I remember seeing in the theater was Oliver and Company. Oh, which, yeah. That was a really good one, and I wanted to yeah. see it because I love cats. Yes. So anyone who knows me knows that I love cats, and I have loved cats from very, very young. I think, I honestly don't remember going to see my first Disney movie. I know for sure I saw the Muppet movie. Um, I remember going to see that, but I think I may have seen Dumbo in the theaters as, like, a preschooler mm -hmm. um, when it was re-released. And then I remember at my fifth birthday party, we had an eight millimeter uh, film projector and we rented The Sorcerer's Apprentice from the library. And so we, we played that, like I had a movie birthday party and awesome. we played that and like on the, like we got the projector, we got the screen up in the living room and we, we projected the movie and it was really cool because that was something that you did not do in 1978. And then when the other movies, when they started putting out more movies, like in the nineties, I was a teenager in the eighties and nineties and we saw all of those. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that you were talking about how you got to see this movie at home with yep. the screen and everything. Yep. This was back in the era of VHS. Oh, before that. Before that for before, you? I'm old. And so this was, 19, I was five in 1978. And so that was not VHS. That wasn't even beta. This was like mil, like eight millimeter reel to reel. The, the, the beginning of my podcast, that sound is what was made when you listened and saw movies. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, don't... I know. 
And so they they had a very and we had like it was like a film canvas. Like they had a very limited number of movies at the library to rent for these eight millimeter machines. And so that's what we rented. Like we and we didn't do it often because you have to set the screen up and you have like it's a whole thing. Um, and so we did that. We did that then. And then we got a VHS in like 1986, 87, something like that. So this was like pre that. And so that was the only way, like the movies were in the theater. And if they weren't in the theater, you weren't going to see them. You're just done. You're, yeah. Like you, so like all of the, like, I know I saw Cinderella. I just don't remember. I must've seen it in the theater. I don't know when I saw it mm -hmm. until okay. 1986. And then all of a sudden you have VHS and then that like opens up a whole new world. We had VHS. When I was growing up, I, mm -hmm. I can't remember if we got it as I was growing up or if we had it before right. I was old enough to realize we had right. it. But and so the statute of limitations has run. So I feel confident in saying this. But our family, I know my parents would bootleg Ooh. the Disney movies. I know <laughs> we were renegades. So we had two VHS players. Whoa. And this is the way that you could bootleg them. You yeah. hook them up somehow together. I don't know how this works. You would rent it from Blockbuster. Right. You run it, and you can watch mm -hmm. it. But then at the same time, you're, you're also recording it, it on the wow. other side. Nice. We didn't do I that, but know. we used to videotape things off of cable and, like, off of television. How did you get into your Disney watching, Angie? You know, I really didn't watch a lot of Disney movies. Um, I had friends in the 80s when I was a little older who really got me started. I would go to their house, and we would watch a lot of movies. In my house, we really didn't watch that many movies. You weren't a movie-going household? No, we weren't. I'm not really sure how I became that, but as I talked to people about different things that came on TV and different movies that were out when I was a kid, I know about all of them. <laughs> I, I don't remember seeing these, but obviously I did because right. I have this knowledge floating around in my brain. So. Yeah. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I know I saw Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater. I definitely I saw that. I know I saw Little Mermaid in the theater. So I was like a young teenager, teenager when those movies came out. Mm -hmm. And I know we saw that. I know we went with friends and saw Aladdin. Like, and then we went with friends and like in high school we saw Aladdin. And then the big one that I remember was The Lion King. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was working at the movie theater the summer that that movie came out. And so when the movies used to get, again, they were on reels, they would get delivered on Thursday night and you would have to splice mm -hmm. the movie together to show it. Like at the movie theater, it would come in like three reels and you'd have to splice it together. And so we all, when you worked at the movie theater on Thursday night, the people who, the ushers would splice the movie together and then anybody who wanted to stay would do a midnight show to make sure the movie was right. Like to make sure you put it together right and make sure you couldn't see the splicing. Wow. And so I the did looks not like know that. You, I didn't either. That's interesting. The, your eyes are so big. Like, yes, this is back in the Stone Ages. Oh, um, wow. And so what I, I remember doing this midnight showing of The Lion King. Um, and it was, like, I just remember being blown away by this movie. And we probably watched it, like, 15 times that summer easily. So do you take your kids to see these now? It's not so much. Um, my daughter, when she was three or four, The Princess and the Frog came out. And so we took her to see that. And then we've done the Pixar ones, like, you know, but mostly it's through DVD. Like, the DVDs will come out. When she was a baby, um, Little Mermaid and Sleeping Beauty came out on DVD, released from the vault. And so I, got, I bought those. And then we did see Frozen in the theater. We got to go to a preview of Frozen. Um, nice. And that was, that was another, that was like in my book, like that was on par with Aladdin and The Lion King. Like, you could just watch it all the time. 
It was so good. The music was so great. The characters were so mm-hmm. great. Like, just one of those, like, you could just sit and watch all the time. I went and saw Frozen, but that's because I'm a nerd and want to go and see every Disney thing because I don't have kids. And Angie doesn't have kids either. So when's the last time you were in a theater, Angie, that had even, you know, a significant population of kids or even more than a few? You know, I can't even tell you. It was probably when my niece was small and she's 20 years old. (laughs) So not having kids of my own. I don't go to too many Disney no, movies. I, I don't yeah. go to too many movies that there when there are kids in the theater. The last time I went to a movie where I got carded to get in, I can't recall. And once you become an adult, you just get used to waltzing in there and mm-hmm. doing everything. And then I realized, wait, I'm going to a movie that's rated G. So children are allowed to children be in there. Children are allowed to be in there, yes. This movie's actually for them, yes. <laughs> not for me. Yes. yes. So when kids are going to the movies, mm-hmm. what do you all think is an appropriate age for the first time a kiddo can be in the room? I, it, It's around three or four, depending on the kid. And, like, old enough to know what your inside voice is and old enough to know that you're around other people. Um I know we took my daughter, whatever year The Princess and the Frog was released, we went and saw that in the theater. Um, my son, I know we took him, he was like eight weeks old, because we took my daughter to go see something. But what I did with both of them, though, is the library will run free movies in the summer, and some movie theaters run free movies in the summer for kids, like they're matinees, like it's not even matinees, they're 10 in the morning and they're last year's movies, but they're free or they're a dollar. And so with both of them when they were little, I would take them to those first. Because I wasn't going to pay $30 to have to then walk out. And so with my daughter, she did really well with it. And she was always able to sit through a movie. My son, when he was a toddler, couldn't do it. Like, didn't like the dark. Didn't like not being able to talk. Needed to get down and move. When he was kind of at that age where he was very restless, I would take him out. And so we always went with friends. And so my daughter would stay with the friends. And I would take him out and just walk in the lobby. And, I mean, it was fine. It was free. It wasn't like we were losing anything. But... Like, it was like, okay, you were clearly not ready to go to a movie where everyone's paid to see it because, you know, that's really disruptive. So. Well, and I think every child's attention span is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some can handle that. Some will get fixated on the screen yep. and just sit there and stare. Yeah, and, exactly. And pay attention to the movie, whereas some, like you said, your son yeah. doesn't like the dark. Yeah, He yeah. didn't enjoy it. And exactly. wasn't able to focus on the movie, and that's exactly. probably when I think problems arise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. I always have to get into a different mind frame when <laughs> yep. I go in the movies. Think, okay, this is a kid's movie. Yep. There are kids in the movie. You can't yep. really get annoyed exactly. by the fact right. that these are kids watching a kid's movie. Kids right. will exactly. make noise. Yes. Exactly. Well, yeah. And yeah. you do sometimes have a time where, like, somebody's crying for longer than I would let my own kids cry mm-hmm. with, around other people, mm-hmm. you know? But never to the point where I've ever felt to go, I've needed to go get this, like the movie staff, you know, to go yes. get the usher to ask them to leave. How long do you think you would wait, Angie, until you'd start to feel like you needed to get up and say something or start sending the dirty looks? <laughs> I think I, I'm pretty patient about that kind of stuff when kids are involved. Sure. Um, I mean, I know I went, I personally went to a movie not long ago with a group of girls and it was a friend of mine, and we went, and a couple of friends of hers who I had never met 
were kind of chit-chatting during mm-hmm. the movie, and the people behind, I was even getting upset. Yeah. And I was sitting next to them, and I didn't know them, but they were friends of my friend. I'm not with them. And, I'm yeah, kind of with them. I don't really know them. I just know her. Yeah. And so <laughs> there were people behind us that I heard them say, I wish they'd shut up. And I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, when it's an adult, yes, I agree. But when it's kids... I'm a little yeah. more patient because, yeah. like you said, you go to a Disney movie usually with ch- with children to watch yeah. the movie, and that's what they're for. Yep. And if they're chit-chatting during the movie, laughing, talking, being kids, then so be it. Yeah. I'm pretty patient about that kind of stuff when, yeah. when it comes to kids. <laughs> Sometimes they can say some really cute things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think there was the scene when Olaf first came mm-hmm. in on Frozen, and so there's a little girl down in the front, kind of on the right side, and she just pops up and yells, He's got a carrot for a nose! <laughs> <laughs> and so everybody's really startled, but everybody hears it, yeah, and they all totally start kind of laughing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, Aww. I mean, there's always stuff like that that happens, yeah. too, so mm-hmm. I always think that's really cute. Yep. I'm really glad you guys were able to sit down and talk to me this yeah, week. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks yeah, for Yeah, you guys me. are my first real on-the-show guests yes, who were not nice. a special interview that I went off-site to do right? and who are not married to me. <laughs> so <laughs> very proud that well, you were I'm glad here. I'm we could be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thank you guys very much. And now we're going to go have ladies' tea. <laughs> Want to learn more about Michelle? Read her blog on GotchaBaby.com. Find her on Twitter and Pinterest at GotchaBaby, on Facebook at GotchaBabyBlog, and on Instagram and StumbleUpon at GotchaBaby05. You'll see these links in the show notes. He was the genius who started it all, but what was Walt Disney really like? Find out next Monday and Tuesday, September 14th and 15th, when the PBS show American Experience features a two-night documentary on Walt Disney. Each episode of the two-part special will air from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And that's a wrap. Mouseflix is a production of Mouseflix Media and is produced by me, Kristen DiBiase. The Mouseflix podcast theme features music by Jason Shaw of Audionautics.com. To all of you out there in the world or the land, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Tell your friends, yell it from the rooftops, and most importantly, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Comments, questions, or suggestions? Email us at mouseflix at gmail.com. Find us on the web at www.mouseflix.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mouseflix. And tweet us at mouseflixcast on Twitter. We'll talk to you soon, and remember, popcorn's always better with a little pixie dust. Do you know they have old yeller dog food now? <laughs> yeah. Why Right? No. Old Yeller dog food. And it says Disney's Old Yeller oh dog food. Weird. Yeah, so just yeah. take them out back and feed them. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <That's so awful. laughs>